Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and I have titled this episode, Cultural Revolution, Virus Views, and Preemptive Warnings. That's right, we talk about the statue topplers around the nation, as well as the chads and chops that we see popping up in D.C., Seattle, and more. A cultural revolution is taking place here in America that plays a huge part, an integral part, and what we talk about throughout the entirety of this transmission. And in the second segment, we obviously talk about the second coronavirus wave uh, that they're releasing. We speculate, is it the masks? Is it the exposure? Is it herd immunity? Is it the protests? Who knows? We go over all that and more in the second edition, and we close out the transmission talking about a potential EMP-style attack on the U.S., planned by China. We cover that, Operation Gotham Shield, Trump accusing Obama of treason, and more. This is an information-packed transmission to give you that deep, comprehensive view into what's going on. But first, a few quick quick updates before we get started. You can check out the Year Zero and the Civilization Wars minicast we did earlier this week in the description bar below. Check it out, because we will be taking a two, possibly three-week-long break starting July. I need to get my head recalibrated. And with that being said, I'm going to start the show. Salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Patches of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and this is show number 1023, season 10, episode 23. Yeah, I won't lie to you, ladies and gentlemen, earlier today on the hike, prior to the show, I bent the knee and I said a prayer. Now, I'm not virtue signaling, I'm not trying to do anything. Um, if anything, I'm just trying to tell you guys where my head is at. I was filled with such rage. Um, such rage and such fury. Uh, such, such, uh, such violent thoughts, man. And it's been like this like all week. And I don't know where, I don't know where it's coming from. You know, I don't know if it's because we have our break coming up. So our mid-season break where, you know, we take these two weeks off. I don't know if it's because of everything that's going on outside with the, 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 the protests, the riots, you know, the, the COVID nonsense. But all week, I have been increasingly frustrated and angry. And so on the hike this morning, today, I bent the knee. And I was taking the pups out, you know, and for some weird reason, I just pulled out the headphones, saw a little log right there, cleared out some brush, right up underneath it, bent the knee, and said, Dear God, please bless me with the clarity that I need to continue to do your work in these trying times. Dear Lord in heaven, please 
give me the strength that is necessary to do your will here on this earth. Because these days, and this is where the prayer, I didn't say this part, these days that we're entering into, you know, they're becoming increasingly chaotic. But I did finish the prayer off saying, in Jesus' name. And now, I don't, uh, I, I don't do that normally. But that's what I'm saying. As I was filled with such rage, and such, such a fervor, that I had to just sit there and clear my mind, man. You know, I could hear the wind blowing. I could hear it creeping up around the corner through my right ear. You know, and I could, I, I just, I just felt this kind of wave come over me to where it, it, it did piece me out. You know, it did chill me out for a second. You know, and I, and I find myself here starting the show with you, good people, saying that if you're, if you're going through these types of things, because we talked about that earlier this week on the show, it's okay to take a break. And this is me trying to say, like, it's okay to take a break. It's okay to say that you do need help. It's okay to do these things. What's not okay is denying yourself. What's not okay is allowing more of the pain, more of the frustration to go unchecked, causing pain in your life. Causing you discomfort, you see. And so we will be taking a break so that we can get recalibrated because of what is happening outside, what is happening externally, and what has to get done to us internally. Yeah, that's how I would prefer to start this transmission off, to let you guys know that you're not the only one experiencing these hardships, and this is one of the reasons as to why I, I know I need religion, and why we found the importance of it throughout all this work that we're doing. But with that being said, let's start the show. So, I won't lie to you guys. I'm still trying to figure out whether or not we're going to do a show next week or if we're going to do like a three-hour Instagram live uh, that Tuesday so I can stay committed to shutting down for two weeks come July 1st. I'm not sure yet. That's part of the grab bag that you guys will figure out. But to start this transmission off, talking about the cultural revolution, coronavirus, right, as well as these other strange things that are happening over here in the tail end of things, EMP attacks, Hillary Clinton's emails, uh, potential arrests coming, uh, Trump calling Obama treasonous, uh, former Israeli prime ministers being named in the Jeffrey Epstein <laughs> debacle. There's all kinds of stuff happening over there, happening simultaneously but what i want to start this transmission off saying is i started watching some of those g edward griffin documentaries on amazon prime and i watched like the third one about the subversion factor and it's just crazy hearing this man talk about the communist infiltration in like the early 90s and then him referring to the previous 40 years of the communist infiltration of government and how they've, 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 they've destroyed any committees, any intelligence boards, both local uh, for police, uh, s statewide. You know, they've done all kinds of different stuff so that, they, so that they don't have eyes on them. And the infiltration is wide and vast. But to hear it come from somebody talking about it with a 40-year perspective, and this is why we had Craig Fitzgerald on to talk about the history of communism and modern Marxism and more. And again, the subversion of the West, but to just hear it and to get that political understanding is a little bit different. That historical and political understanding is a little bit different. 
we're now here with Antifa, with Black Lives Matter, with Indivisible, with whatever uh, organizations George Soros funds. This is why, and you guys have heard this here on the show, this is why you guys have kind of heard me discover the importance of being American. Why I tell you all the time, um, I, I came into this doing the UFOs and the paranormal. I wanted, I wanted to talk about all these strange things and more. I wanted to figure out what was going on. But I didn't understand the, about this infestation, about this subversion of the West. I thought, shucks, didn't everybody grow up watching Saturday morning cartoons? Apparently not. Apparently some people were raised at their childhood to destroy America, to hate traditional values. You heard me talk about that this week on Instagram Live on, uh, of a Harvard magazine advocating for the abolishing of the family. And this is, again, another communistic goal. We talked about that as well with China and their one-child policy. And it's just crazy to hear this stuff because you guys, you guys know, <laughs> for people that have been following as long as we've been doing this, this is relatively new information. But... This isn't new information, you see. This is a history. And we're making history right now, resisting it. We are making history, reporting on it, and breaking these things down. And that's why this is so fascinating and terrifying, because they are pushing. That's the secondary intro I wanted to have <laughs> for the uh, cultural revolution segment of this, but... Uh, Let's start getting into the content. You guys aren't here to hear these type of rambles. You're here to get your daily dose or your weekly dose of strange. I want to mention this and I'll talk about it more so towards the end of this segment. But right here, new autonomous city planned for remote techies from Silicon Valley. This is put together by Katie Canales via Business Insider, but they reposted it over their technocracy news on June 22nd. And before I get into this, it basically talks about the breakaway civilization. Now, we'll talk about Antifa, Black Lives Matter, communists, uh, cultural Marxists, and things like this here shortly. But realize we're talking about a failing and a dying system. These technocrats, the people at the top, right? The Silicon Valley uh, mafia, the big tech mafia, they want to do this breakaway civilization. They want to leave this dying system and create one of their own, the corporatocracy, the technocracy. Let's read a little bit of this, and then we'll continue on uh, with more current news. It says, ex-Uber executive Ryan Respesky is looking to build a private, politically autonomous city that would accept the anticipated exodus of Silicon Valley tech workers who are now remote since, since corporate offices have shuttered. As the Telegraph's Margie Murphy reports, Respesky wants to use the cash from the $200 million sale of his electric bike company, Jump, which he sold to Uber, into developing a plan for such a city. Quote, more and more people can work remotely and are not tied to existing cities. So there is demand to create new places for them to live with new regulatory frameworks, Respesky told the Telegraph. And like I said, we'll continue that on in the next, uh, we'll, we'll continue that later. We'll touch on that later. But the idea is for the elites of society, the technocrats, the Silicon Valley techies, the social engineers, to break away from mainstream society and create a separate society of their own, where they take, you know, uh, where they take all the people that work for FedBook, where they take all the people that work for Twitter, YouTube, and more. I mentioned that earlier this week as well. 
that all of the CEOs that left their post, either they're being arrested for the pedogate crimes that are coming up, or they're getting off their primary nation to begin doing that exodus and moving to different locations. Some people are in, in New Zealand. Some people are moving to Virginia. Some are moving to these deep underground bases. But right now, we're just at the developmentary phase of them saying, hey, look, we're going to break away. We realize we can, re we can work from home, but yet still have the same influence on society. We need to remove ourselves from society because we're going to be doing something even different. They don't want to be victims to their own programming, I'll tell you that. We'll, we'll, we'll talk more of that when we touch on it later. But uh, more modern day news. We put this up before coming on to the show with you great people. Seattle's CHOP, the Capitol Hill Occupied Protest Zone, has been declared a success by the leader. While it's also being dismantled, there's been three shootings, hundreds of different rapes and all kinds of other violent crimes that have been able to be unreported because, well, you know, hashtag defund the police. But Seattle's CHOP leader claims that they've been a success. They urged protesters to go home and to continue the struggle online. Yeah, that's right. They want them to vote for Joe Biden. All those people who had their air quotes, summer of love at shop are going to go vote for Joe Biden. Now, before I get into this article, I want to point out again that we've already seen in uh, well, this is this is Seattle, uh, Washington, I think in Atlanta as well, different stereo, different states in different areas are beginning to mimic the very same thing. They're beginning to copycat what they saw in CHOP. And that's exactly what I told you guys would see. This is a recruiting event. This is a copycat event that can be replicated in any area. Let's get into this. We put this up June 25th. It comes from uh, Tyler Durden over there at Zero Hedge. It says protesters at Seattle's Capitol Hill organized protest zone are being encouraged by community leaders and an activist whose brother was fatally shot by police city or city police in 2016 to leave the occupied protest zone. A Twitter account, which claims to be the, quote, official account for CHOP, posted a statement on Wednesday addressed to the, quote, comrades in the struggle, encouraging protesters to leave the area that was established earlier this month in the wake of black American George Floyd's death in police custody. Quote, the CHOP project is now concluded, the message said. Quote, while we expect a very small handful of holdouts may try to remain in shop, no further organizing will be occurring to support this presence, and the number of on-site will be too small for to, to be more than for any annoyance for the, pre, for, for the pedestrians rather than a zonal blockade. It is unclear who runs the Twitter account. However, the statement was signed as from the, quote, Capitol Hill Solidarity Committee. Last night, Solidar the Solidarity Committee received notice from some of our trusted partners that the persons in the park were in danger. We immediately implemented our emergency relocation plan, successfully evacuating most of the park. Thankfully, no danger materialized. However, we are now left with the reality that very few people remain in our beloved CHOP. The message continues. I just uh, want to talk about some of the additional files or posts that were with this. There, uh, in, You guys can go see this on the page. The tweet's right there. Uh, it says that please amplify the message. Thanks for your guys' support over the past two weeks. They say that it was a success. You guys can read the whole thing there. It says uh, 
let's not let's not let this momentum die. Please remember to continue support supporting any of this kind of revolutionary change we just created by voting for Joe Biden as the president of the United States in November. Yeah, and then it has right here. You guys can see it. It's got the uh, police precinct being taken over. They have a free food station right there, uh, handing stuff out. A library as well. So it it, it came off, like I said before. It came off kind of like a a Woodstock with guns. You know, an EDM music festival with guns. It came off as like a, a, a some type of some type of hippie commune, you know, type deal with guns. And the idea behind that was to again recruit people, say, hey, this is our ideology. We want to protest. We want to be able to have freedom. Now, for me, in a weird way, I can't hate these people for doing what they're doing. I would hope that we would see some kind of anti-lockdown protests take place. Who knows? This might have been it. And the media might have, you know, ran with it. But what I'm trying to illustrate to you guys is this won't be the last time we see these type of people operating. You see. We will definitely see more of this type of activities take place because they're just they're just getting started. And I know some people are saying, oh, this is this isn't that big of a deal. You know, let them let them carry this stuff out. Yeah, let them carry it out. They'll sort themselves out. That's why they're having these shootings. That's why they're having these stabbings. And they're deporting people. There's a whole list of stuff that they're doing. But you've got to understand, every day and every time that this goes on, it allows other people to mimic it. Here, let me play for you guys real quick uh, this clip where it talks about Chaz seeing the third shooting just outside of the entrance encampment, or the, in, the, the encampment entrance. So it's like as they're dismantling things, (laughs) trying to shut it down, trying to get people out, there's a shooting that occurs. You see. So I'm very curious to see what will happen. I don't want to talk too much smack because I do respect these people to a degree. But this has to be noted as as, as, as not necessarily a dangerous event. It has to be noted in history. This will continue on. See if we can get this clip to play for you guys. And it's not. It's going to be difficult. It's difficult. I'll just read this description and we'll continue on. It says a 30-year-old man was shot Tuesday and transported to a local hospital in in stable condition. Police would not confirm where he had received the injury, but KING.TV noted that they found the man in a designated staging area set up by the Seattle Fire Department just outside the campment. Goes on to say that Mayor Jenny Durkin said on Monday that the shootings in the Chaz, also known as the Capitol Hill Occupied Protest Area, forced her to rescind her supportive stance on the encampment. The protesters and the rioters in the CHOP say that they will resist the Seattle mayor's orders to shut down the encampment, setting up the possibility for an ugly confrontation. So let's talk about this real quick. Because this is this is that cultural revolution. They're doing this stuff because they want to be able to get the clips They want to be able to say that our government's fascist, that they want to carry these types of things on. Let's talk about this real quick. What are we seeing? We are seeing people step up and take their freedom. We are seeing people exercise their First Amendment and their Second Amendment. But what we're also seeing them do is besmirch the very reason that they are there. Right? 
Now, I, again, I can't necessarily hate these people, but is this even about George Floyd? Is this even about police brutality? What was this about? Or was this about making a statement, seeing if they could get away with it? Let me play for you guys this quick clip of uh, D.C. police clearing out the autonomous zone protesters near the White House. That's right, the black, they called it the, 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 the Black House Autonomous Zone in Washington. Let's listen. play in the background as I say something real quick. You know, I I keep thinking of um I keep thinking of Antifa as, you know, these basement dwelling people that are addicted to Starbucks hanging out. Right? These are the useless idiots. These are the people that you see out there in the protests. These are the ones that have nothing to do, right? Upwards of forty six million Americans with a job right now, people not working, COVID nineteen. I keep thinking of like Antifa as just the useless idiots, the ones out there wearing the masks, you know, doing the stuff, trying to cause the, the agitators. But what I don't think of are the politicians that have signed over, right? The community leaders that have signed over, the business people. That was another thing that G. Edward Griffin talked about. He talked about the, 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 the communist infiltration and how some people are, how some communists pose as journalists, as businessmen influential members of the society so that they can collect data on you. But because they keep no records and they always export it to the Communist Party officials, well, you know how that goes. You see, but these, we're talking about the useless idiots. We're not talking about the politicians. We're not talking about the banksters. We're not talking about the movers and shakers, the governors, right? That's what we're seeing right now. What we have to understand is when we're seeing this, a lot of these people, they are being used for this, for this image, for this, oh, look, look at how chaotic things are. Look at how destructive things are when they are the ones causing the very destruction, causing the very chaos. It's crazy, isn't it? But because we're in this upside down world that doesn't necessarily employ logic anymore, we don't, we don't know how to think for ourselves. We go along with it and we say, wow, how crazy is this? How dictatorial could this person be? It's crazy. I don't know. I think because, again, I was just looking at just just looking at what was going on with G. Edward Griffin, what's going on in the past, uh, what they have planned for us in the future. Just to see it again, just rolled out right now is almost it's 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 not terrifying, but it's just crazy to see the useless idiots carry these things out uh, with with no problem. But here, let me get this article up for you guys and all continue on right here it says that the seattle mayor will dismantle chop 
after the deadly shootings. We put this up June 22nd. It's from the Epoch Times, reposted from the Associated Press. But it says, faced with growing pressure to crack down on occupied protest zones following two weekend shootings, Seattle mayors said on Monday that the officials will move to wind down the block-long span of city streets taken over two weeks ago that President Trump asserted is run by anarchists. And what's crazy, too, I talked about this a couple or, or last week with you guys, that some of these business owners were actually victims <laughs> of CHOP and unable to express their displeasement with the situation. But they can't say that whenever all these kids are wanting to hang out and have fun and do whatever it is they're doing. They can't, they can't voice their opposition right then and there. They'll get themselves beat. You're dealing with extremists, right? You're dealing with these radicals. They're not going to want to hear, hey, stop doing this. No, they're going to have to wait till afterwards. And that's exactly what happened right here. Capitol Hill residents and businesses sue the city of, of Seattle for failing to disband CHOP. This is put up June 25th over there at Signs of the Times. It says a group of Capitol Hill residents and businesses filed a class action lawsuit Wednesday against the city of Seattle for the extensive harm they faced as a result of CHOP or the Capitol Hill occupied protests. Demonstrators have occupied several blocks around the Seattle Police Department's East Precinct in Cal Anderson Park for about two weeks since the police left the precinct following standoffs and clashes with protesters calling for racial justice and the end to police brutality. It says that uh, Calfo Eeks LLP, the law, form, the law firm representing the group, said in a statement that the lawsuit is, quote, not a step their clients have taken lightly, adding that they stand with Black Lives Matter movement and support demonstrators' right to free speech and assembly. The plaintiffs include owners of an apartment building in the area and local businesses such as a car tender, Northwest Liquor, uh, liquor and Wine, Sage Physical Therapy, and Tattoos and Fortune. The lawsuit seeks unspecified damages. Quote, this lawsuit does not seek to undermine CHOP participants' messages, message or present a counter-message, the lawsuit says. Quote, rather, this lawsuit is about the constitutional and other legal rights of the plaintiffs, which have been overrun by the city of Seattle's unprecedented decision to abandon and close off an entire city neighborhood, leaving it unchecked by the police, unserved by fire and emergency health services, and inaccessible to the public at large. You get that? They had to wait. They legit had to wait <laughs> for people to say, hey, look, get out of here. We're done with this. You're done. This is cute. It's fun. Yeah, we get it. You know, orange man, bad, whatever, whatever will help you sleep at night. You're done. We're trying to get back to work. We're trying to do things, but you're having too much fun trying to make a statement. You're, 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 you're causing harm. So you bet people are going to fight back. And because that's getting exposed, because you didn't hear mainstream media mention it at all, you have people running around, toppling statues. Before I play for you guys this quick clip of a Venezuelan activist saying that we need to defend our country against these statue, these statue topplers. Let me just briefly bring up this clip of uh, George Washington toppled. That's right. George Washington Monument toppled. This is after they wrapped an American flag around them, set the flag on fire, and then ripped it down. After. Because they got to show the disrespect, you know. 
We put this up June 19th. It comes from Daniel Payne over there at Just the News, Not the Noise. It says, protesters in Portland, Oregon, overnight, Friday, dismantled a statue of a founding father, of founding father George Washington, after wrapping the monument's head in an American flag and setting it on fire, expanding the scope of the recent wave of vandalism against Confederate monuments throughout the country. The statue, crafted by Italian-American sculptor Pompeo Capini and installed in Portland's Rose City Park neighborhood in the late 1920s, was also vandalized with spray paint. And it goes on basically to say that this is a part of a trend, that uh, multiple people are doing this, and you get the picture. I kind of don't even want to play it because we know what this is. It's the same thing I've been saying throughout these couple of weeks. Once they get done tearing down these statues, they'll come for your gods next. That's exactly what Sean King said this week. Tear down statues of Jesus because they represent white supremacy. Now, that's a different discussion for a different day. Let's just talk about just the statues, what that represents, toppling things. Remember earlier in the year when we talked about powers and principalities, rulers and high places, right? Bill Gates, the powers behind them that are still working. Notice that nobody's wanting to bring down the Baphomet statues or bring down the Satanic Temple. They'll tear down the Ten Commandments. They'll tear down churches. They'll tear, they'll tear down statues, uh, uh, stained glass windows, and all kinds of other things. But these monuments that they erect to their gods, they won't. Now they're coming for, 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 for uh, Mount Rushmore. But do you see what this is? It's an attack against your culture. It's an attack against your heritage. It's an attack against your belief. Because these aren't real liberals. These aren't leftists. These are radicals. These are extremists. These are e-racists, if you ask me. These are people that, again, we, we talked about the occult aspect behind it. These are people that worship that primordial evil, that nothingness. You see. But again, because people don't know history, they don't care to know these things, they don't see where this type of thing goes. Earlier this week, we had uh, Elizabeth Rogalini, a Venezuelan activist, warning us in America, the U.S., saying, hey, you need to defend your country against these statue topplers or it will be destroyed. Now, we've covered a lot of things in Venezuela, the Food for Fingerprint program, right, Maduro's rise to power, uh, the, them switching over from the dollar, the petrodollar, to cryptocurrencies and things like that as well. But to have someone tell us from Venezuela, or not. She goes on to talk about the communist infiltration, the Marxist, the Marxist-Leninist invasion, and more. Uh, let's play this, and then we'll continue on. We put this up June twenty-fourth. It comes from Baxter Dimitri over there at News Punch, and it's that Venezuelans recognize the signs of cultural Marxism that can lead to a communist takeover better than anyone else, according to Elizabeth Rogalini, a Venezuelan Venezuelan activist and social media influencer. Americans should be very concerned about the toppling of statues and attempted eraser of American history by cultural, market, cultural Marxists with a dangerous ideology. Why do I even worry about some silly little statues coming down or some silly little street names changing? Why do I care? It's because the last time I didn't care about this, I was a teenager. I already lived through this thing when I was living in Venezuela. Statues came down. Chavez didn't want that history displayed. And then the street names, then came the curriculum, then some movies couldn't be shown on certain TV channels, and so on and so forth. 
You guys think it can happen to you? I've heard this so many times. But always be on guard. Never believe something can't happen to you. You need to guard your country and your society or it will be destroyed. We don't believe it can happen to us. It's true. It doesn't matter. Why worry? None of this matters in the first place. Ah, shucks. These are just a bunch of Starbucks baristas. And as I've been telling you guys, this transformation is taking place, this societal transformation that's taking place, the lawlessness that's summoning the authoritarianism has some of those baristas becoming bar or becoming bomb makers. Let me uh, continue on with this article. It says, in an interview on the Ingram Angle on Fox News, Rogalini warned that these actions mark a, quote, slippery slope toward a potential full-blown cultural revolution in America. Quote, it's an attempt to change the identity of the country. That's my opinion. And that's what they did to us, she said. Quote, I don't think they're seeing past what's going to happen next because they're thinking these are just symbols of oppression, she noted. Quote, but I had a lot of friends who told me, oh, it's just Confederate statues. And I said, no, it's going to be just, it's not going to be just Confederate statues. Just wait and see. This is a slippery slope. According to Roglini, any and all symbols of American history are now on the chopping block. Quote, Founding fathers are going to be attacked. Religious symbols are going to be attacked. And next, probably museums, she predicted. I mean, anything can be attacked if you just let it happen. If you let it, if you let, if you just let the first ones come down, then there are no limits to what's next, which brings me to a more recent issue. Something that happened here in New Mexico. I should go ahead and tell you guys this. I'm going to be on NPR this week talking about that shooting that happened in New Mexico because we had statue topplers try to come here and carry this type of stuff out. The New Mexico Civil Guard put a stop to that. But you see, that narrative's not out there. Stopping these protests. You see, you're considered a white supremacist or a domestic terrorist, as Joy Behar or Hillary Clinton calls it, fighting for your freedoms and more. This is what's going on. Because it's not about statues, it's not about oppression, it's not about tyranny. It's about, or it actually is about tyranny. It's about control. It's about what can they get away with. As I said before at the start of this transmission, you hear me learning, <laughs> or I guess uh, discovering the importance of being American. Because these are not creators, these are destroyers, these are manipulators and controllers. These, these, yes, they want a revolution. They want to rule on the ashes. They don't want to create something. They don't understand that if you burn a tree, you can actually use the charcoal from, like the charcoal in the ash and put it back into the ground and have like a healthier soil. They don't understand this. They just want to burn everything down. You see, it's the ideology of these people, the cultural revolution that's taking place. That's why I talk so much about the spiritual uh, configuration of these people, the the psycho-spiritual configuration. But here it is, right here, baiting Christians. BLM activists wants to expunge all statues of Jesus because they were created as tools of oppression. This is put up by Sons of Time on June 22nd. And I'm just going to read to you real quick this tweet that Sean King put up. We don't, we try not to touch racism, but we understand religion and things like this. He says that, uh, yes, I think statues of white Europe, of, of the white European they claim is Jesus should also be coming down. They are a form of white supremacy. They always have been. In the Bible, when the family of Jesus wanted to hide and blend in, guess where they went? Egypt. 
not Denmark. Tear them down. And so I'll say this. We've talked about Cesar Borgia over here on the show, the whitewashing of Christianity as well. But we also talk about the Ethiopian Bible, right? One of the oldest Bibles in the world. It has the book of Enoch still in it. Now, I'll let you guys talk about amongst yourselves the whitewashing of history that does take place, the whitewashing that does happen uh, 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 in Hollywood and more, and why it's also important to have, you know, historically accurate texts and really follow this and all uh, this, that, and the third. What I'm trying to say is they're making it about race, not realizing that religion is supposed to be a unifying factor. It's supposed to be something that brings people together. And I know I have members and followers that will say, well, Christianity was beat into slaves. It was beat into black people. Is this a tool of white supremacy, having statues of Jesus? It even says in the Bible that there will be no graven images. You could even have discussions whether or not these statues are Lucifer himself. Right? This is a different discussion for a different day. But this is the great philosophical discussion that we should be having. Not taking these things down, representing a culture of nothing. Let me read this article. It says, Sean King said, Monday, it's time for anything resembling, quote, white Jesus to be expunged from the public square. The staunch Black Lives Matter activists made the comments as online activists continued to debate which statues and monuments were culturally unacceptable in 2020. It says the May 25 death of George Floyd, a 46-year-old black man under the weight of Minneapolis police, served as the impetus for activists to dare down statues of historical figures like Christopher Columbus and George Washington. Quote, yes, Mr. King said regarding his support for tearing down, tearing down images of Christ, all murals and stained glass windows of white Jesus and his European mother and their white friends should also come down. They are a gross form of white supremacy created as tools of oppression, racist propaganda. They should all come down. They, the activists doubled down on the matter in a response to the feedback saying that, quote, yes, I think the statues of the white European they claim is Jesus should also come down. They are a form of white supremacy. They always have been. And then he goes on to talk about it. And so this is what's happening. You know, and I guess the only thing I can really equate it to is last year and the year before last when we talked about China tearing down churches, China ripping up graveyards, China replacing the Ten Commandment with Xi Jinping quotes, China uh, replacing pastors with Communist Party officials. I guess that's the only thing I can really equate it to because that's what it'll lead to. No one decided to ask Mr. King what he believed in, no. But now, because we live in this virtuous and morally ambiguous society to where, well, t the woke Twitter mob can tell us how we feel and what's true or not, regardless of research or regardless of actual discussion, we just get activated and told what to do. This is where we are. No real discussions, nothing to actually believe in, believing in the nothingness, the apathy, the nihilism, the self-loathing. Very, very interesting. But again, this is, that, this is that world that we've entered into, to where we just keep doubling down. We've got to do more, you see, more and more and more. 
very, very interesting to see all of this stuff kind of take place to where the technocracy is allowing for the destroying of government, the destroying of religion, the destroying of interpersonal relationships, privacy, and more, that we are just being commanded by, by, by nebulous figures being promoted on these, on these platforms. It's, it's, it's just crazy to see. Because no one asks what these people represent, what their real beliefs are. They're able to just be the, 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 the be that pawn that revels in the 15 minutes of fame. It's crazy. But speaking of crazy, since everybody wants to tear down statues, this is what you're going to get. Right here. Army soldier allegedly gave classified info to satanic neo-Nazi group. That's right, a U.S. Army soldier was charged for allegedly giving classified info to a satanic neo-Nazi group. Think about that. So I'm not saying Sean King's satanic, and I'm not saying that he's part of some neo-Nazi group, and I'm not saying that he's part of the communist Marxist cultural revolution. But these are the type of people you're going to deal with. People that think that they have your best interest at heart, that can act as if they're your best buddies, and then set you up on a silver platter to be delivered to your enemies. That's exactly what this individual did right here. He wanted to get plans. He wanted to give location details of where his squad was going to be to members of his satanic neo-Nazi group, and they were going to come in and come kill everybody there. Is that not what's happening right now in America? Right? Are we not having infiltrators come in here and gather as, as much information, act as if they are our friends, only to sell us out? Let's get into this. I uh, equipped it with another article from uh, the Daily Caller, but we put this up June 22nd. It comes from the Dredge Report feed, and it says a U.S. Army soldier is facing charges they allegedly gave classified military information to a white supremacist group with satanic leanings. It says the charges, expected to be announced later Monday, alleged that the soldier gave information about U.S. troops stationed overseas to the Order of the Nine Angels, law enforcement, and military officials, told the NBC. It says the Southern Poverty Law Center has described it as an occult neo-Nazi organization, and British lawmakers have called the group, uh, which, has, which was founded there, to be banned. It says the U.K. group Hope Not Hate, in its annual State of Hate report, cited the Order of Nine Angels as a major influence of the Nazi terrorist group both in the United States and Europe. Quote, Order of the Nine Angels seeks to harness supernatural forces to overthrow the alleged Nazarene, the Jewish influence of society, reduce the population of mundanes through acts of extreme barbarism, and usher in a new imperial aeon, a new imperial age, ruled by a race of satanic supermen who would colonize the solar system. The group, this re- the group wrote this year in the report. So think about that. Now, whether or not any of this is is, is accurate, because, you know, it's the Southern Poverty Law Center, they like to smear things and more. But think about this. Again, the mindset of people. Uh, we, 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 We talked about the witches that bind Trump, right? The witches that bind Trump, hashtag magic resistance, the occult world series that we've done, the satanic temple and more. Now we're talking about Antifa. We're talking about Black Lives Matter activists saying, hey, tear down statues of Jesus Christ. They will have no gods. They will have no religion. We don't want them to have anything. We don't want them to have a lineage. We don't want them to have history. We don't want them to have religion. We don't want them to have anything. 
these people represent the nothing. A cultural revolution, these people, uh, these, 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 what these people are doing is rewriting history. And I know we say this time and time again, but I don't think people really grasp it. Grasp what that means. That's why I use the phrase rediscovering what it means to be American. This is why you hear them say, oh, America sucks. America will never be great. You know, no borders, no walls, no USA at all. No one's, no one's, uh, uh, no one's illegal on stolen land. This type of talk. Because in the communist eyes, they want to use 2020 as ground zero, as year zero. As the launch point for what they're doing. I'm going to read a little bit of this. I mentioned it earlier this week on Instagram Live. I'll put the link for it in the description bar below. But it's an article that comes from Sons of Liberty Media written by Kurt Nemo. We didn't get around to posting it this week. But it talks about year zero in America. And how pulling down statues is only the beginning. Akin to what the Venezuelan activist we just played talked about. It talks about Pol Pot, cultural Marxism, the Cultural Revolution, the Communist Party, and more. I'll read this. And we'll talk about this breakaway civilization right after. Because you have to understand, we're in the latter stage days of America, post-America. We've been underneath a spell for the past 50 to 60 years. This is why I talk about uh, this communist infiltration, Antifa being the modern manifestation. And people have been so brainwashed and brain dead for so long, the same way that you see them going along with the COVID-19 hoax, they don't know what to do with this, with this cultural revolution that's, that's, that's happening. This is why they want to take the new normal in a whole nother direction. Let me read this. Because I bet most Americans don't know who Pol Pot was. Says Pol Pot was a Marxist-Leninist, a student of Mao, and the general secretary of the Communist Party of Kombucha from 1963 to 1981. He turned Cambodia into a one-party dictatorship. He dreamed of, co- of converting his country into an agrarian society he believed would evolve into a communist society. In order to realize that objective, millions were forced to toil in the countryside. Quote, bad elements and new people, intellectuals, government officials, Buddhists, shopkeepers, disfavored ethnicities, were either worked to death in rural collectives or executed outright. This is between 1975 and 1979. It is estimated that between 1.5 and 2 million people, nearly a quarter of the population, lost their lives. The Khmer Rouge made Maximilian Robespierre and the Committee of Public Safety during the French Revolution look like amateurs by way of comparison. Pol Pot and the Khmer Rouge called their terror campaign Ways Against Civilization Year One. The idea that culture, heritage, religion, and history must be utterly destroyed to make way for a communist vanguard in the implementation of a revolutionary culture. In China and Russia, similar revolutions resulted in the death of around 100 million people. The Nazis came in a distant second. They, mur- they murdered a paltry 16 million people. So Nazism, them saying Hitler, Trump's a, Trump is a Hitler, all this other stuff, right? Nazism only killed 16 million people. But communism combined killed over 100 million people. And you can see why, through starvation, which we've covered with Venezuela, right? The food for pick or pit program, the protests that have gone on there. Eating of the zoo animals, the Mad Max-like world that's gone over there, the starvation, right? We've, we've covered this. Q 
killing people who don't want to go along with the system, who don't want to get re-educated, or who survive the work camps? Communism. Let me get back into this. It says, quote, I see Black Lives Matter and Antifa as part of a global Marxist effort to destroy the United States. This was said by Dr. Carol M. Miss Swain, and she told it to Sputnik. It says their goals are more about attaining political power and money than protecting minorities and improving society. Their organizational goals might be quite different from the goals of the protesters concerned about police brutality and discrimination. It goes on to say that Lennon wrote, quote, when it comes time to hang the capitalists, they will vie with each other for the woke contract. This is certainly the case now as a transitional corporation jumps on the, front of the George Floyd bandwagon. The Ford Foundation, CIA, Amazon, Citibank, Facebook, Apple, YouTube, and many other large corporations are underwriting the effort to take down America under the banner of social justice and the destruction of capitalism. And I'll put that link in the description bar below if you guys would like to learn more because they basically break down the corporatist revolution that we're seeing right now. This is not a real revolution. This is a bought and paid for revolution. It's got everybody all Twitter paid acting like they're doing something revolutionary. Fools. All you're doing is going along with your willful destruction. By the very same technocrats, the corporatists that we're talking about. But what did I say at the start of this segment? Right here, new autonomous city planned for remote techies from Silicon Valley. Written by Katie Canales via Business Insider. The corporatists. We talk about George, For George Soros, right? Foreign elements funding destabilization here in our country. What about techies who were able to affect the subconscious mind, program the masses, and manipulate them to carry out diabolical deeds? against their very own interests. What happens when corporate America is able to buy up land and manipulate the people? Let me read a little bit of this. Maybe I'll paint a little bit better, better picture for you. Because right now, we're all in mainstream society. This is, again, their year zero. That's why we're seeing the splintering take place with the chops, the breakaway civilizations, things like this and more. Year zero. This ex-Uber executive, Ryan Rispowski, what I told you guys about before, is looking to build a private, politically autonomous city that would accept the anticipated exodus of Silicon Valley tech workers who are now remote since corporate offices have shuttered. As the Telegraph's Margie Murphy reports, Rispowski wants to use the cash from the $200 million sale of his electric bike company Jump, which he sold to, which he sold to Uber, into developing a plan for such a city. Quote, more and more people can work remotely and are not tied to existing cities, so there is demand to create new places for them to live. With new regulatory frameworks, Rispisky told The Telegraph. He says there isn't a location attached to the project just yet, but Rispisky is in contact with urban planners, including those at the Charter City Institute. He hopes to eventually leverage his connection with Silicon Valley's insiders to make his vision a reality. It says a charter city would entail working with a so-called host nation that would designate land for development. In exchange for an economic boost, they would give the okay for the city to operate independently. Charter cities and the concept of seasteading as a whole have seen a resurgence of interest from Silicon Valley during the COVID-19 pandemic, according to a separate Telegraph report. Seasteads are permanent, politically autonomous floating cities that would operate on international waters, free from government oversight, 
in Texas. As more tech companies embrace work-from-home policies and offices remain closed, employees are allowed to are allowed more freedom to relocate for the foreseeable future. As it is, surveys have suggested many tech workers are interested in leaving the San Francisco Bay Area for less dense locales, speeding up a, quote, urban flight from the region's cities. But others, many, but others may simply relocate within the valley and the surrounding areas, like some in San Francisco who are snatching up real estate in the wine country north of the city. So what they're basically saying is people are leaving Silicon Valley. Where do they want to go? They don't want to come hobnob and rub elbows with people like myself. No. They, w- w- they, they went to Silicon Valley to become these techies. They don't want to leave Silicon Valley not being a techie. They want to bring their culture with them. So they're going to export. And we've talked about this again, time and time again. Arizona out there in Arizona is where Bill Gates has his own set of land. I mentioned this earlier this week with you people. Uh, Neom, the smart city that's 33 times the size of New York that's being put together by uh, Saudi Arabian Prince Mohammed bin Salman. Right? We just talked about Chaz, Seattle, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. I did the uh, emergency transmission minicast, Zabellion, where we talk about separatist societies being created. But does this make sense to you? We could talk about hollow earth, right? Inner earth civilizations, <laughs> subterranean cultures and things like this. Deep underground military bases. Do you, do you get the picture I'm painting for you here? Silicon Valley breaking away from mainstream society is just the most modern day form of it. But they're giving us Chaz and Chop as an effective alternative. Remember early this year too, I began to talk about this breakaway civilization that Silicon Valley wanted to create uh, doing things like Burning Man but because of COVID-19 and coronavirus we got kind of caught off guard but you get what I'm saying society is in a huge state of flux and they're preparing for the collapse I guess the real question is are you we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to be coming back like coronavirus that's right Apparently, the World Health Organization says that the pandemic is accelerating. (laughs) What are we going to do? It's not like we're going to go outside and get some fresh air. It's not like we're going to get ourselves healthy again. No, we're just going to freak out for extended periods of time and hope that Dr. Anthony Fauci saves us. Yeah, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about coronavirus, the social contagion, and the authoritarianism that it's bringing with it, and more. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. Thank you. 
distance. Welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, the world. You know, I wish I could say that the world is getting crazy, but I think part of us understands that this is, this is the way she goes. You know, this is the way she goes. This is how all this stuff unfolds. It's got to get crazy in order for us to realize what side we're on, what we're doing, where we're going. You know, 
like I told you guys before, I was watching those G. Edward Griffin documentaries, and it's just crazy uh, seeing the history of it all because this is not uh, who we are, but it's definitely who we become covering all these things and more. But that's just the history. Let's deal with something a little bit more modern, a little bit more present. And what I mean by that is censorship or some kind of mishap of something or I don't know, no video with supported format and M-I-M-E type found. I don't know. I'm trying to play this video of Tedros Cabrasius talking about the COVID-19 pandemic accelerating, foreshadowing the second wave, but I guess the format won't play. I'll just read to you the caption instead. It says, Australians were warned Monday to avoid traveling to Melbourne as the country's second biggest city tightened restrictions over fears of a second wave. It says the World Health Organization sent out a fresh warning on Monday over the dangers of the new coronavirus, even as France returned to life by staging an annual music festival and sending millions of dollars to children back to school. It says in spite of uh, numerous European countries further easing their lockdown restrictions, cases around the world are rising, especially in Latin America, with Brazil now registering over 50,000 deaths. So if you want the truth, part of me just knows that they're going to terrify the heck out of you, they're going to scare you, they're going to terrify you, you know, put more and more numbers up. But you see, that's the crazy part with all this stuff that's going on. How do we know that this isn't real? How do we know that it, that it isn't fake? You get me? Because we don't trust authority or science. How would we know? Dr. Anthony Fauci came out a couple weeks ago and said that. Or I think just last week and said, Americans, they don't trust science or they don't believe in science and they don't believe in authority. It's like, well, yeah, we're not going to believe in science or authority when you guys are lying to us. When we have to go do our own research and realize that you're promoting death science, heck yeah, we're not going to believe in science or your type of authority, you degenerate liar. We're also not going to believe in science and authority whenever there are people (laughs) literally able to see Google manipulating search results. Being able to type in three, two, three new cases, something, 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 three cases, uh, any kind of combination of three digits and then new cases, and then being able to see it. And what I mean by that is earlier this week, I'll play the clip for you guys. Uh, there was kind of like a hack or a glitch. Something happened in the, in the Google search results to where the, maybe the algorithms were messed up. I don't know. But the number of cases, whatever three digits you put in there, you were going to see it. People tried it on Bing as well. Duck, duck, go. It was everywhere. Must see Google manipulating search results to ensure any three-digit number will show COVID-19 panic form at the top of the list. This is written by Jim Hoft over there at the Gateway Pundit. They put this up June 22nd. And I'll, uh, I'll play the clip for you guys <laughs> because this stuff is crazy. And I'll just read over it as it happens. It says that uh, in March 2018, Dr. Robert Epstein, no relation to Jeffrey Epstein, joined Tucker Carlson to discuss an upcoming presentation on the, quote, search suggestion effect, how search suggestions can be used to shift opinions and voting preferences dramatically. 
Dr. Robert Epstein is a research psychologist at the Institute of or at the American Institute of Behavioral Research and Technology and a Democrat. The AIBRT researchers looked at the power of Google and Facebook to influence elections. The study spanned five years of investigations. The results were stunning. Dr. Epstein told Tucker Carlson that, quote, I can tell you, you we should be paranoid because Google and Facebook because what Google and Facebook can do is really mind-boggling. For example, if Mark Zuckerberg on election day last year, if he had chosen to press the inter-key early morning and just sent out a message to Hillary Clinton supporters only saying, go out and vote, that would have sent her an additional 450,000 voters that day with no one knowing that this had occurred. And that's just Facebook. What Google can do is really off the scale. Our studies show that Google can take a 50-50 split among decided voters and change it into a 90-10 split with no one knowing they had manipulated or had been manipulated without leaving a paper trail. It has to do with search suggestions. Literally from the very first character that you type into the search bar, you are being manipulated. And we've done 16 months of experiments. We've done all the research and we know exactly how this works. The threat is absolutely, positively profound. Says Google and Facebook weren't surprised with the results. There's a reason why they've been targeting only conservative websites for the past three years, and now this. Jack Posobiec tweeted this out this morning, saying that search any three digits plus the new cases. It's wild. It's true. If you search any three digits and new cases on Google, you will see a coronavirus headline. Google continues to push the coronavirus panic porn by pushing headlines to their users. And that's exactly what video watchers are seeing right there. You're seeing the manipulation of the masses. This is why you're seeing people driving with their <laughs> driving with their masks on. I'll be out there in the foothills. I remember oh my gosh, I gotta let me let me go ahead and get my next article together before I, 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 I tell this story. <laughs> because it is a, it's a little I don't know, it just it just says it all in and of itself right there uh last er, earlier this week when i went for a hike i was uh driving to my local spot up there in the foothills like i like to and i'm driving up the right hand side of the road and i see this elderly couple uh walking down the road that i'm driving on my side on the driver's side with their masks on in the mountains. And I'm thinking to myself, not only could I have hit you guys, but you couldn't scream or, you know, make yourself known or seen. You're try you're basically trying to get hit and you're wearing your mask out here in the middle of the day. Where is your head at? But you see, that's what I'm saying. That's the logic. That's what's being that's what's being employed right now. So they're they're panicking people, they're putting this stuff out here, making people think that they're woke and they're informed, but they don't see the lunacy that they're engaged in. And now, right here, medical experts tell UK government to prepare for the second wave of coronavirus. Now, could it be that the masks that people are wearing are making them carry that bacteria, making them get sick? Is it because people are actually going outside that we're seeing a rise in cases? We're not having that discussion. We're just saying, hey, prepare for a second wave. This is put up by Nima Harris over there at News Punch. They put this up June 24th. It says a group of medical professionals are urging the UK government to prepare for a second wave of coronavirus amid fears that rules have been relaxed too soon. It says the call comes as debates rage about the efficacy of COVID-19 measures 
And just as the country relaxes its lockdown restrictions, RT reports that in an open letter addressed to the, quote, leaders of all U.K. political parties, the group of doctors from among the, con- from among of the country's leading medical institutions requested the creation of a, quote, forward-looking review to determine how best to cope with the possibility of an uptick in COVID-19 cases. Quote, while the future shape of the pandemic in the U.K. is hard to predict, the available evidence indicates that local flare-ups are increasingly likely and a second wave a real risk, the letter published in the British, journal, uh, the British Medical Journal cautions. It says the medics noted that there were strong public support for an inquiry into how the health crisis has been managed and what recommendations can be made moving going forward. The letter argues that there is a, quote, strong case for immediate assessment of national preparedness. Preliminary results of the review should be made ready by August with a complete report ready by the end of October, the medical professionals suggest. The letter was signed by a number of leaders in the medical field, including Derek Alderson, president of Royal College of Surgeons, and Andrew Goddard, president of the Royal College of Physicians. Their joint call for a nonpartisan assessment of how to combat the coronavirus comes as the U.K. continues to ease lockdown measures. Prime Minister Boris Johnson announced on Tuesday that the two-meter distancing rule, the social distancing rule, will be relaxed starting next month and that the pubs, restaurants, hotels, hairdressers will be allowed to reopen beginning on, the tw- on July 4th. However, face masks are still required on public transport and the government requires to issue and the, and the government continues to issue draconian rules purportedly designed to stop the spread of the virus, including guidelines on whom you're allowed to hug. You want that? You want the government saying, hey, you can't hug this person because X, Y, Z. You better not hug them. <laughs> you, you better not show affection. I know some of the stranger things that uh, have come out with COVID-19 is one of the guidelines I saw is for like tennis. It's like you can play tennis, but you can't pick up your opponent's ball and serve it back to them. And I'm like, well, how are you? Are we, are we just supposed to juggle it like all the time? But this is, again, more of that communistic control, more of that global Marxist, global communist control where they think they have that much control over what you say, what you see, what you can do, who, who you can hug, right? Give it a couple of more months and they'll tell you what you can eat. I wanted to mention this with the previous segment, right? With all the statue toppling and this, that, and the third, I saw an article pop up about giving Greta Thunberg her own statue, huh? I don't want to be, I don't want to sound racist, but is that not white supremacy? You see, I'm waiting for Antifa to summon up their religious belief. I want them to talk about what their psycho-spiritual configuration is, what motivates them. And shucks, I hate to say it, but it's looking like Greta Thunberg is going to be their, going to be their pope, going to be their, uh, going to be their saint. You get what I'm saying? These people have an ideology. It's an anti-human, anti, anti-God, pro-Earth agenda. And we're in the beginning stages of it. Mark my words. You already see them canceling culture. What happens whenever they add that environmentalist earth worship aspect? You see the virtue signaling that's happening right now, the mask shaming that's taking place. What happens if we have to go back into lockdown to protect the earth? Let me get back into COVID-19, chaos, the virus views right here. There's just a one in a million chance of contracting COVID-19, says expert. 
This is written by uh, Sun of the Times. They put this up second. It says Professor Sean McCockney of the Royal College of Surgeons said that people in certain countries could now feel safe to hug elderly loved ones once again. Wow. Really? So those guidelines don't matter? It says that the risk of contracting the coronavirus from the community in Ireland is now at about a one in a million, according to a specialist in infectious diseases. Professor Sam McCockney head of the Department of International Health and Tropical Medicine at the Royal College of Surgeons, said that the people in certain countries could now feel safe to hug elderly loved ones again. There's a one in a million chance. There's also an infectious disease specialist that claims coronavirus might die without a vaccine. So we don't need Fauci and we don't need Bill Gates. Continuing on, it talks about Mincockney was speaking to Brendan O'Connor on the RTE Radio 1 on Saturday and said that most new daily cases are known contacts of other cases and that have chances of unexpectedly contracting the virus while out and about are exceptionally rare. Quote, the number of unexpected cases of COVID-19 or of SARS-2 virus is around a one in a million level in, an, in Ireland and many of the numbers that we are seeing each day in Ireland are known contacts of other cases, so they are not expect, unexpected. The majority of new cases are house or work contacts, uh, according to McCockney, and mostly new diagnosed cases have already been in self-isolation. Quote, they're already in self-isolation because they already know to be close to somebody who had it already. So, they are, so, so they're part of a known chain of epidemic spread. He said that it is safe for people to, quote, hug your granny in counties like Donegal and Leitrim, which have recorded virtually no cases in the month of June. So you can catch it, but it's not going to be deadly. And we've talked about this before in the previous episode with COVID comeback. Less deadly, more contagious. It's got an extremely low death rate. So why are we worrying? You see, that's what I worry about. Why all the, why all the stress? Why all the worry? Why all the hype? You see, all that fear, that stuff's not good for business. What are we worrying about? But again, when you got brain dead masses, uninformed, uninspired, demoralized and disenfranchised people who are already fearful and brainwashed, you're going to terrify them. And then when you're incentivizing them to not work, you, 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 you got to think about how, where people are at these days, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, politically, this is why that's this is why we're here, because we have just hit this point of such spiritual atrophy and apathy and nihilism. That's why I just call it the suicide spirit. You have people who are so afraid to go out and live, they die early. But now, because they've been fearful, because we've had these things happen, you have the World Health Organization chief asking again for global cooperation as cases surge and the supply chain issues come into focus. Now, I'm worried about that. Supply and line disruption. People not working. The food supply line shutting down. Inflation coming, going nationwide. Crops being destroyed by locusts. That's what I'm worried about. Not so much coronavirus. I'm worried about coronavirus being used as a pretext to scare people into submission for sure so that they don't work, causing the collapse. That's what I think will happen. But I'm not worried about coronavirus itself. Let me read this article. We put this up June 22nd. It comes from Sophie Mann over there at Just the News, Not the Noise. 
This says the head of the World Health Organization on Monday reiterated the point that global leaders should stop politicizing the coronavirus pandemic and focus on coming together to fight it. Dr. Tedros Gabrasius, the known communist that actually got praise from Bill Gates and President Xi Jinping of China, reminded the world that the virus continues to spread in record numbers. The current number of reported coronavirus infections is accelerating rapidly in Brazil, Iraq, and India. Some U.S. states in the South and Southwest have reported significantly increased numbers as well as local governments begin to reopen cities for business. Germany is presently facing a large outbreak of the virus stemming from a slaughterhouse. Quote, this is an outbreak that needs to be taken very seriously, said a spokesperson for Chancellor Angela Merkel. India saw 15,000 new cases of the virus on Monday, bringing their case total to just over 425,000. In neighboring Pakistan, hospitals are seeing up to 7,000 new cases a day as facilities begin to turn away patients due to overcrowding. 40% of the nation's 220 million people live in poverty. And I want to say this real quick before I continue on. A lot of people, especially in Beijing, are worried about catching the virus in these overcrowded testing centers. I'll say that again. People are worried about catching the virus at these testing facilities because of the conditions that they're in. They're not organized. There's no social distancing there. You're sitting right there waiting to get tested. And what did we find out about the test kits? Some of them are faulty. Some of them actually contain coronavirus. So you're given coronavirus. People have every right to be worried about these things. So the second wave could come from a number of things. People who actually have the virus, spreading it, human-to-human transmission, right? The bacteria from the masks. There's all kinds of different vector points that we have to think of. But that's the thing. Think about them, process them, and realize that. Another thing you have to keep in mind as well, doesn't it take two weeks to show signs? Hasn't, have we not been protesting for two to three weeks? How are we seeing such a surge in cases so frequently, so recently? Getting back into this article, it says President Trump has been vocally critical of Gabrasius and the World Health Organization in general. Several weeks ago, during a Rose Garden address, the president said he would be withdrawing U.S. support and funding from the organization, which he claimed favored a defense of the Chinese government as they kept news of the disease a secret from the world in December and January. Nearly 9 million people have been infected by the novel virus globally, and almost 500,000 have died. The UN AIDS Agency has issued a warning that the global pandemic may cause a supply chain crisis of AIDS drugs in developing countries. The agency said that the border closures and the lockdowns were impacting the production of dis- and distribu- distribution of the life-saving medicines, which could lead to the shortages in the next eight weeks. As of 2019, more than 24 million people across the world were on antiretroviral medications. Several global pharmaceutical companies are racing to deliver a coronavirus vaccine as health policy experts and politicians ruminate on what distribution of the cure will ultimately look like. Hopefully, (laughs) hopefully it'll be without. uh, I, I think everybody is generally worried about the development of this vaccine simply because of Bill Gates frothing at the mouth, trying to become our president, trying to give us his gift, getting uh, Dr. Tedros Cabrasius to, 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 to lie to us, to advocating the, 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 the works of China, locking down people and more. I think everybody is generally worried about this vaccine. With Johnson & Johnson uh, having to pay 
I forget the exact number, but having to pay billions for their talcum powder, their baby powder, giving people breasts, giving men breasts and giving everybody else cancer, AstraZeneca, Gilead, and all these other pharmaceutical industries racing to develop this vaccine has everybody worried. And everybody should because everybody won't take it because they're realizing that the, va- that, that, that the coronavirus is losing its potency and that, that it could go away with a, va- with a vaccine, without a vaccine. But people don't want that. People have such undying faith in the system, the very same system that disenfranchised them and robbed them of their rights and their power. They have such undying faith in Operation Warp Speed that they want they've, they've, that, that vaccine. They crave it. The same way that mask gives them that sense of security, that vaccine will do the very same thing. Well, since we're talking about pharmaceutical companies and things like that, why don't I mention that Bayer, one of the pharmaceutical giants, has agreed to pay a $10 billion settlement to thousands of Monsanto glyphosate lawsuits. Monsanto's getting taken to trial. Bayer's having to pay for them. It's great. Great, 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 great. This is good. But in other times, we would be able to celebrate this wonderful victory, people being justice being met, right, outside of Dwayne Johnson, another person that received, I think it was like $528 million from the from the cancer, from the lawsuit payout. This stuff is good because this shows the track record and the history of what's going on. Many people don't know this, but Bayer has ties uh, to working with the Nazis during World War II. So one of these people getting involved, and I'm sure the vaccine development, if not Bayer themselves or one of their subsidiaries, is some of the things that we should watch out for. This is why I'm just skeptical of anything that comes from Big Pharma, but let me get into this. We put this up June 23rd. It comes from Tyler Durden over there at Zero Hedge. It says, after decades of widespread use as as company scientists play down research, showing a definitive link between the product and growing rates of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, Monsanto parent, parent Bayer, Monsanto parent company Bayer has agreed to pay up to $10 billion to settle claims that glyphosate, the active ingredient in Roundup, causes cancer. Citing people familiar with the matter, German newspaper Handelsblatt reported that the company has agreed to settle tens of thousands of glyphosate-related lawsuits in the U.S. between $8 billion and $10 billion. Of that number, $2 billion is considered a, quote, reserve, which can be used to settle future claims, which I'm sure it will be. But see, we're worried about a virus. We're not talking about this. You get me? We're worried so much about the virus. We're worried about all these other things. We're not talking about why our society is getting sicker. Everybody's worried about this virus. Everybody's worried about a vaccine. No one's asking, why is our society getting sicker? Why are we allowing these poisons and these toxins to be introduced into our society? Why is our environment making us sick? Yes, great. Take Bayer and Monsanto to trial. Bill Gates, too, while you're at it. Shucks, go ahead and throw Anthony Fauci. But no one's talking about why our environment is getting more and more toxic. That's what I worry about. You know, <laughs> I'll say this before I get into this article. I was in a meeting this past week, this past weekend with somebody from my local water authority. And after listing about several different chemicals that I could not, for the life of me, remember, you know, 
talking about how they're treating the water and the different things they're doing to 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 make sure that it's clean because we were talking about water filtration and fluoride and uh what was it's it like fluoride and lithium and all kinds of other chemicals harmful chemicals in the water to dumb you down and here this guy is talking about all these chemicals that they introduce into the water and he told me not to filter my water and so i kind of looked at him cocked my head sideways with the reverse fluoride stare and said please tell me more about how you're brainwashed tell me more about how i should not filter out any of the chemicals that you have listed right there you see but this is again more of that sheep talk more people not thinking. So again, no one's asking questions as to why our environment is getting sicker. You want to talk about toxic masculinity? <laughs> Can we recognize it? People flush so many pharmaceutical drugs down the toilet. Are we even men anymore? There's estrogen in the water. I, I'm, 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 I'm rambling. I'm ranting. But no one's asking the question of why our environment is getting sicker. Which leads me to my next article right here comes from the Epoch Time. This is written by Rahul Vaidyanath. It says, 5G's timing is perfect for the COVID-19's accelerated societal transformation. And in this article, he basically breaks down how 5G has helped accelerate everything we're going under. How COVID-19 has helped accelerate the deployment of 5G. Remember when we covered that? Remember when we covered how, as we went into lockdown, 5G was going up? And how they began to activate it. And that could be what we're seeing as well. I forget. It's like exomes or something like that. I have to do a little bit more research before I present this to you guys. I don't want to sound even more crazy than I am. But you get the point. Why is our environment making us sick? It's because of things like this. It's because of things like 5G. Because of things like Bayer. Like Monsanto. Like the chemtrails. You see. Let me read this. It comes from Epoch Times. They put this up June 24th. It says, the next generation of wireless technologies, 5G, is one of the fundamental enablers of the so-called fourth industrial revolution. And as society shifts towards a new normal of decentralized life, its advantages are becoming critical. This says, experts on the nascent technology gathered online from the collision from home conference on June 23rd to discuss 5G's revolutionary nature and how humans will likely need to adapt to utilize its benefits. The annual Collision Technology Conference, one of the world's premier tech co summits, was virtual this year due to the pandemic. It's a silver lining of COVID-19 that this societal transformation is as convincing as it is nowadays to more people, said Marcus Weldon, Chief Technology Officer and President of Nokia, of Nokia Bell Labs, when interviewed on the first day of the three-day online summit hosted in Toronto. Quote, COVID-19 has taught us all that businesses need the ability to remotely optimize themselves, he said. Companies are already reevaluating their real estate footprints, said Alex Rogers, executive vice president of, at Qualcomm, a company focused on the research and development of communication systems. Quote, 5G is going to be extraordinarily is going to be extraordinarily instrumental in enabling that work from anywhere. It's going to be a new normal, just not just working from home. That's right. A new normal. The Internet of Things 5G roll it out. Yeah, you see, there are some people that want to go back into the lockdowns because they benefit. That's what I told you at the start of this. Who stands to benefit? The telehealth, the telecom industries, Microsoft, Google, Fedbook, Twitter, YouTube. That's who benefits. 
That's why I tell you it's an anti-human, anti-God, pro-Earth agenda. And, and, and we'll talk more about the autonomous society and the building of the matrix and everything else that comes with that. But that's what this is. COVID-19 has done nothing but accelerate COVID-1984. The technocracy, the corporatocracy. Realize that as you are sitting alone by yourself, doing yourself isolating, realize that you're being re-educated through the media, through the masses, and through the information. Yeah, school might be out, but kids still have to have classes online. You, as the individual either going to school or being the parent or even being a student are going to be radically re-educated from the surrounding social information from the news or from people around you, your community. You see, this is that societal transformation that's taking place and they're using COVID-19 as a cover. We covered that just last week with you guys, the the great reset, right? The socioeconomic reformation and the socio-political reformation that's taking place, a realignment of our views. Because, again, this comes from that global communistic order, that cultural Marxism, that cultural revolution that's taking place. Where they rob us of our rights, where we say, take them, we don't need them. You see? All this, people, people, people are talking about, you know, defund the police, get rid of police and all this stuff like this. I don't think people know what, that's, what, that's, what you're doing. That's why I say you're going to be summoning the lawlessness. You defund the police. The UN's going to come in here, and they're not going to have the same rights you're wanting them to <laughs> or that you think you have. You're not. And then it'll get worse. It'll get to a point to where people don't, uh, well, shucks, they already don't have rights. It'll get to a point kind of like this right here. Police robots are being used for social distancing control. This is written by uh, Muhammad Fazil Abdul Rahman via Smart Cities World over there at Technocracy News. It says COVID-19 is accelerating the adoption of police robots in several cities such as Tunis in Tunisia, Guangzhou in China, and Chennai in India. That's right, because humans are bad, right? Stay six feet. Keep your distance. Humans are bad, right? This one's not wearing a mask. Call the Karens. <laughs> because people are bad. Get the get the robots. Get the robots. Oh, see, that's the, that's that's the other part about this that people aren't aware of. We keep trying to shut everything down and not working. Somebody's got to keep society going. Well, that's going to be the robots. See, robots don't have to take a sick leave. Robots don't have feelings. Robots don't feel weighed down by any of this type of stuff. They'll go out there. That's what they're designed to do. You see how this works? This is, this, this is what this is doing to people, where they're embracing this kind of like autonomous approach towards life, not really thinking, not really feeling, just kind of, shuffling around from objective to objective. Check this out right here. Prepare for fearful masses. The toilet paper panic buying is returning as people are preparing for the second wave. This is written by Max Lavo over there, SHTF plan. 
since the mainstream media continues to do its job well. The mass panic among the public is rising yet again in the aftermath of the fake second wave being perpetrated by the mainstream media and the commands of their handlers and government. So we'll put the link for our My Patriot Supply affiliate in the description bar below if you guys want to go ahead and get your storable goods. I'm worried more or less about us not working, inflation, mobs, not having to deal with the social factor and the social contagion of people looking at me silly because I'm not wearing my mask and not wanting to do my clown dance. But in different different areas, because we know that a, diff- a decent amount of our audience is uh, in New York and California, you guys may have to wear masks. We found this out this week. Uh, that in, I think, uh, New York and in New Jersey, it's now a legitimate, legitimate, a legit crime to not wear it. It's been mandated right here. Not wearing a mask uh, has been made a crime in the far left state of Washington as New Jersey, New York, and Connecticut are now imposing a 14-day quarantine. So we'll put, the, we'll put a link for our American Warrior Appeal uh, freedom bandanas that you guys can wear. It's what I wear whenever I have to. I don't wear a mask so, 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 so people can see that I'm pissed. But I also make sure that I match my awareness with preparedness. I'll put those links in the description bar below because people have to be prepared, but we shouldn't capitulate to these things. We shouldn't willingly be trying to get into it, buying the toilet paper, shaming other people, calling people terrorists that don't want to go along with this. The very same people that were calling those lockdown protesters terrorists are the very same ones calling for the defunding of the police, talking to you about racial justice and more. This is, the, this, this is what happens when you have a corporate revolution. People don't know what the hell they believe in. They're just saying stuff that comes to their mind <laughs> because it's not their mind. They've been taken over. <laughs> and it's sad because sometimes when people are wearing these masks, you're, you're, you're not getting enough oxygen to the brain. You're inducing anxiety. You're getting fearful. And so, for some people, almost violent. And again, you've got to think about what this new normal does. Like there's, there's, there's just so many psychological things with this that I do legitimately worry. We talked about it as well. Four, we've, we've seen a year's worth of suicide in four weeks because of the lockdowns. If it, I'll say this, and then I've got to take a break. If we fall again for a second wave or for more lockdowns, we deserve everything that comes with us. If we don't wake up after this, we probably never will. And that's the sad part. If we don't wake up from this, if we fall for another coronavirus wave, and I am worried, I am legitimately worried, because who knows, Bill Gates said with Event 201 that this was a dry run. There could be more events to take place. We wouldn't know, because just like Dr. Anthony Fauci said, we don't trust science or authority right now. The, very, the second wave could be very real. We might lose lives. But is it worth going through all this chaos? Is it going to be more deadly than the first? I guess that's what time will tell. And I guess that's what we've all got to figure out. Uh, But here's what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about Twitter censoring Donald Trump. That's right. The technocracy. That's, That's what I'm saying. The technocrats having more power than governments. Pope Francis has a Twitter. Donald Trump's not about to. The technocracy and more is on the other side. Preemptive warnings. Operation Gotham Shield. Trump accusing Obama of treason. 
and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. in this world that remind us of how fragile we are. We thought we were safe. We thought it could never happen to us. Then life like a fog descends upon us, blanketing our memories. Through the haze we travel its hidden paths, lost in its secret places. And when the storm, turbulent and immovable, forces us to shelter, we remember. to us, calls us back, back to the ports and the harbors of our past. We fight the currents that pull and drag us off course, not a light or star to chart the way. And when we arrive, we don't always know it at first, the places we once loved guised by time. Then we see it, the place we've been trying to get back to. Safe at last, we've found our way home. And we're back. Not from outer space, but you know what I'm about to say. Cyberspace. That's right. We're from cyberspace. Cyberspace. 
Yeah, you know, the. I think um, there's no easy way to say this. Our world is going to become increasingly chaotic, and this is where Christians have us all beat. They're able to focus on Jesus Christ, and they're able to bring them that level of peace that a lot of us don't understand. The mental discipline, the emotional discipline, and the spiritual relationship that most Christians have, that devout mindset, yeah, we don't understand it. And the world that we have is becoming increasingly crazy, and that's why they're trying to rob you of your sanity. They want to keep you unbalanced. They want to keep you off kilter. They don't want you to be grounded. They don't want you to be focused. They don't want you to be disciplined. They don't want you to care. They don't want you to be driven. They don't want you to be motivated. They want you to be broken, weak, destitute, fragile, frayed, doubtful, insecure. They want you hating yourself. They want you nihilistic, apathetic. They don't want you to just kill yourself. That's what they want. They don't want you to be proud. They don't want you to care. They don't want you to be strong. They don't want you to be uplifting and compassionate, generous. Nope. They want to break you. And what I see happening to me, (laughs) what I see happening to me is kind of almost, um, it, uh, it doesn't, it, it blows my mind. The amount of things that we have conquered, uh, gang, the work that we've done, the people we've helped, the things that we've done doing this type of work. And I know that we're only getting started. And with that being said, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to the third segment, the final segment of this edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noisera, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer. And I had a hard time coming up with a name for this segment because we're going to be talking about very strange things. That's why I say the world that we're entering into, it's going to become chaotic. Post-America, the new world order, the technocracy, the corporatocracy, in theory, these things all sound like one thing or another. But in reality, this is not a world we want to live in. It was a social credit score, mark of the, the masks of the beast, right? The mark of the beast style system, all this stuff. Prophetic, not pathetic, but prophetic. So let's start getting into stuff. Uh, Earlier this week, Donald Trump got censored again. Uh, If you, if you, if you, if you ask me, that's again, another one of those preemptive warnings. That's them saying, Hey, look, you may think you hold the power, but you don't. You may think you hold the power, but you don't. Twitter censors Trump over his warning to lawless protesters outside the White House. It's by Nima Harris over there in News Partners. They put this up June 23rd. And the tweet that got checked was this. He says, there will never be an autonomous zone in Washington, D.C. as long as I'm your president. If they try, they will be met with serious force. A couple minutes later, the Twitter safety verified account says that we've, pay, we've placed a public interest notice on this tweet for violating our policy against abusive behavior, specifically the presence of a threat or of harm against an identifiable group. So before I go on, and read into this, the details of this art, article and stuff like that. 
let me say that, again, the whole point of this is for the technocracy and the corporatocracy to flex their strength. Okay? This isn't about virtue signaling and trying to care about whatever unidentifiable group that was labeled right there. It's about them saying, hey, we see you're trying to run a country. Sure would be a shame if somebody were to hack what you're doing. This is nothing more than a quiet flex of our technocratic overlords slapping President Trump. Now, for a while now, you guys have had me ask, you've heard me ask the question about the technocracy, the corporatocracy. You've heard me mention, as I said before, going into break, that the technocracy has more influence than governments. The corporations also help rule this thing. Corporations have Twitters, but you see how that works. They, our technocratic overlords, will be the ones that allow us to live, that tell us what we're allowed to do, how we're supposed to feel today. I wish I would have queued it up, but there's like an iconic clip from uh, the Doctor Who series with Christopher Eccleston and Billy Rose. I forget, I think that's what her name is. It's like Billy something, but her character name is Rose. And in it, there's an episode where we're all beta Borgs. So there's people walking around with cell phones and they have chips in their ear. And as an as a worldwide update goes out, you just see everybody going about their business. It's a classic scene of people in business suits with briefcases walking down the street, holding their phone. And as the update goes out, everybody stops. A green light, red light stops, stops moving. The update goes through. And then everybody laughs again, ha, 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 and then goes about their business. This is the technocracy in a nutshell to a degree. What they're doing when they censor Donald, uh, uh, Donald Trump is they're saying, while you're allowed to have free speech, you're not allowed to control things. You're not allowed to socially engineer things. You're not allowed to express yourself. Our viewpoint is more important. Our community woke mob, our woke Twitter mob community guidelines is more important than the law. Let me get into this. It says, this time, Twitter hit a tweet where Trump warned that protesters seeking to establish an autonomous zone in Washington, D.C. would, quote, be met with serious force. As Washington, D.C. was under threat of occupation by protesters, the president tweeted that there would be consequences for doing so, but his words were censored. Breitbart reports that President Trump said, quote, there will never be an autonomous zone in Washington, D.C., as long as I'm your president. If they try, they will be met with serious force. Anyone who attempts to view this tweet through Twitter will see it behind a notice from the far-left Silicon Valley company, informing them that their tweet has somehow violated the platform's rules. The notice says, quote, this tweet violated the Twitter rules about abusive behavior. However, Twitter has determined that they may be in the public's interest for the tweet to remain accessible. This is the second time in the space of a month that Twitter has censored the president over tweets related to the violence and lawlessness sweeping America's cities. Just over three weeks ago, the platform hit a tweet from the president warning rioters that, quote, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Twitter said the post, quote, glorified violence. This time, Twitter says the, pre the president violated the platform's rules on abusive behavior. So I just want to say real quick that uh, there are talks in the winds because of all this censorship that is going on 
of Donald Trump migrating the pi- mi- migrating the parlor. You can also find us over there on Parlor at underscore Freedom Faction or at Freedom Scat Fraction, no underscore. Uh, you can find us there. We will be operating there next week before we take our break, getting settled in over there. But I just think it's very interesting that uh, we've been talking about migrating to Parlor and mines because of all the censorship. And as Donald Trump gets censored on Twitter, he too talks about migrating to Parlor. Now, the important part about this, again, is that the technocracy is showing their hands. Networks are having to be created. This is the importance of having alternative networks such as Mines, BitChute, uh, Vero, Holonis, uh, Parler, like I said right there, DTube, uh, Library.tv, <laughs> Gab, Shucks. There's so many different things to operate on. We shouldn't worry. But this is, again, why I say diversifying the content we diversify the information because you guys deserve it. People don't understand that philosophy. But getting back to the technocracy, warning things, putting it out there saying, hey, we run the show, not you. Corporations, billionaires, celebrities, all showing their allegiance to the technocracy. Again, that woke Twitter mob. You notice how these are now the arbiters of truth. These are the people that tell you you're not woke enough to understand why we need to topple statues. We're not, you're, you're not woke enough to understand why we have to get rid of these things. Because you have to understand, again, this is year zero to these people. With the ground level, tech, with the ground level forces of communists out there toppling statues, virtue signaling, scaring people, terrorizing them, not to express their views, but then at the home, or at home, having their minds rewired and their... Uh, and controlled through the technocracy and through the media. You have to understand, to a degree, people are in a vicious loop. They're unable to escape it. And it's only because we've created a pattern and a culture of awareness talking about this stuff, and we have the history and the pedigree of looking at, this, at, at these things in this way that we're able to have this level of awareness. Not everyone else is out there like that. You see but this is the technocracy. You see. Speaking of which, I, I want to bring up this other article, something else that happened this week that is very, very interesting. Uh, right here. Blue Leaks. Anonymous leaks a mega trove of sensitive documents from 200 police departments. And before I go into this article, you know, I couldn't help but, again, refer back to the, the, the documentaries I was listening to from G. Edward Griffin where he was breaking down that communists would get into uh, positions in police, local government, and then state government and federal government, and they would remove different committees uh, where they were able to monitor intelli- monitor and gather intelligence on local operatives. They would get rid of those, those, those committees, and then they would just release that information. They would, they would leak information of the officers that were running those committees. And I couldn't help but think of, oh, my God, that, that happened today. That happened this week. You had anonymous hacking police departments leaking information to a radicalized and polarized population. What is the purpose of that? To get people unconnected to go out there and carry out these violent acts. This is why you have people shooting cops in the back of the head, carrying out this type of lawlessness, because they're being allowed to. They're going unchecked. 
they're using the, the the race card or they're using the lawlessness card or they're using the Trump card or they're using the whatever this is. But but you see what I'm saying? And that's what's so crazy because with QAnon and Anonymous, you would think that they're here to expose all this stuff, but I guess this is what the audience members mean when they say Anonymous has been taken over. Let me read this article. It comes from Elias or Elias Murat over there at the Minds Unleashed. They put this up June 23rd. It says, as the United States continues to experience unrest following the deaths of Ahmad or Ahmad Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Richard Books, Andreas Guardo, and dozens of others in the past month, the anger over police brutality and racism continues to remain palpable across the country. And with protests continuing across the country and the world, hacktivist group Anonymous has published hundreds of thousands of files online that it claims were leaked from over 200 federal and local law enforcement offices across the country. Dubbed, quote, Blue Leaks, the data dump includes everything from internal memos to emails, officers, personal information, and other information. Wired reports that the massive, quote, megatrove of documents was obtained, was obtained by Anonymous and published by the DDoS Secrets Collective on Friday, June 19th, the holiday known as Juneteenth that marks the end of slavery in the United States on June 19th, 1865. The whole thing itself is 269 gigabytes. You guys can still go download it if you guys want to get all that people's personal information. And again, I just have to take a step back because... Back in September, when we did the protest, our little rally, our little flag wave march, we ended up getting doxxed. People that I was standing with ended up getting doxxed. Their houses got doxxed. Their places of business got doxxed. Their, 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 their significant others got doxxed. Uh, their, children's, <laughs> their, their children's schools got doxxed. This is a classic communist tactic. This is what Antifa does. This is what anonymous, anonymous has now done. So this is what defund the police is doing. This is what I mean by that corporate uh, revolution, where you have corporations and shadowy influencers telling you to go out and carry out these acts. That's what's so crazy about this. This is what I mean by like the purge-like sit- situation that's going on out there. You got hundreds of thousands of law enforcement officers across the entire country basically calling in saying we're not showing up we don't want to work we're quitting we're resigning we're retiring we don't want to do this anymore and can you blame them all this stuff that's going on out there a runaway media fan in the flames begging for lawlessness can you blame them people saying law uh, america sucks you know uh, no borders no walls no usa at all nobody wants to do anything there's no one there's no one no understanding of law and order We're just moving towards lawlessness and summoning up authoritarianism as a response. Obviously, no cop wants to deal with that. And so this is, again, some of that stuff that's that's going on. And so then then what happens? The National Guard gets deployed. Well, what happens whenever they don't want to fire on fellow American soldiers or fellow American troops? You know who will or, or fellow Americans? You know who will shoot Americans? Foreigners. The White Helmets. UN troops. You see, but then we'll actually have backlash on that. And that's when the robots will come. But you see, it starts with stuff right here. Anonymous leaking. I almost didn't post this because it felt like I was stirring the pot. I know what this means. This is a signal. This is sending out, again, either Antifa operatives, indivisible operatives, Black Lives Matter operatives, or just lunatics 
deranged and delusional people who have nothing else to do who think that their grand revolution is killing a cop. And you don't have to tell me about police brutality or killer cops or police accountability or any of that stuff, but this is nuts. You have them trying to incite violence. This is what's going to summon martial law. This is what's going to this is what's going to create the economic collapse. Nobody's working. People are afraid to step outside their house. There's no new skills being taught. We're not doing anything new. We're degenerating. We're devolving. We're becoming decadent very fast. This is what I worry about. You see. This is this is why we have to do what we're doing, but uh, continuing on. I would, I'm not sure where this falls in the category of lawlessness or authoritarianism, but early this week, President Trump accused former President Obama of committing treason in an interview, this in the, in the, and they played him. And so what, what we're going to begin to see, because Hillary Clinton has to testify in court over what's in her emails on September 9th, You've already had the Mexican government uh, or the Mexican president call for investigations into uh, Obama's Fast and Furious. You're seeing stuff get set up. There were some other strange things that happened uh, or that's been happening over these past couple of weeks. But you get the point. There is going to be some serious stuff coming down the rat hole. Now, whether or not Donald Trump tries to arrest uh, Barack Obama, that's up for discussion. That's what the QAnon people are saying, right? Martial law had to happen so they can arrest the deep state traitors. Hashtag arrests are coming. I'm not sure. I don't know. But we are seeing some very, very interesting developments on that front. Uh, this is from Nima Harris. They put this up June 23rd over there at, Nima, at, at News Punch. It says, in an interview with the Christian Broadcasting Network on Monday, Trump was asked what crime he thought Obama would potentially have committed by spying. The president replied, treason, treason, it's treason. Let's listen. Oh. You know, they were spying on your campaign. You've been asked before about what crime he would have potentially committed, but I remember you talking to treason, treason, well, it's treason. Look, look. When I came out a long time ago, I said they've been spying on my campaign. I said they've been taping, and that was in quotes, meaning a modern-day version of taping. It's all the same thing, but a modern-day version. But they've been spying on my campaign. I told you that a long time ago. Turned out I was right. Let's see what happens to them now. Uh, Durham is... I never met Durham because I want to stay out of it because otherwise it's going to look political. But Durham, as you know, is a highly respected person. And Bill Obama is doing a great job as Attorney General. Let's see what they come up with. But they don't have to tell me. All I have to do is read the papers, the insurance policy, in case she doesn't win with the insurance policy. Well, that was all the stuff that we went through over the last, let's say, two and a half years. Now we caught him. We caught him called Struck and Page, the two lovers. Uh, and clapping, the way they lied. Democrats can't stand behind me. They, they, they just they can't stand him. Bill Barr. They just think he's pulling. And you know why? Because he's doing such a good job. Because he's law and order. 
He's got them in his crosshairs. And now we have to see what's going to happen. I will say this, if it were reversed, if the other side sat with the other office right in that chair behind the resolute desk, and it was the opposite, two years ago, 25 people were been convicted, and they would be sent to jail for 50 years. On Obama and the spying situation, this Crazy. idea that they were spying on your campaign, you've been asked before about what crime... Crazy. Going to jail for 50 years does not sound like a good time at all. But then again, you know, what's going on with... Uh, what is going on with our country right now? None of this sounds good. Uh, I just want to point this out real quick before we move on. You know, I'm looking at this picture of Obama and Donald Trump right as soon as like the presidential handshake goes off. And, you know, I'm looking at Donald Trump and I'm looking at Obama and Ob Obama looks like he's trying to reach out to Donald Trump and trying to talk to him. He's got his hands all out and you're looking at Donald Trump with, you know, his hands. He's, he looks pissed. He's got his hands closed. He's got his, his face looking straight forward. He's looking stern. And you see Barack Obama with his hands kind of out, everything open, just reaching over, trying to talk to him. And I was thinking about this before we put this up. And I, I, I had to say, you know, back at the time, we probably really didn't understand, you know, what was going on there. We probably legitimately did not understand, like, the handoff, why Donald Trump was being so openly disrespectful to Obama things like this and more fast forward to where we're at now. I think it makes sense. They're going to kill Trump or at least they're going to try to kill Trump. All the stuff that we're talking about right now, all the little bit of gains that we've had, love him, love him or hate him. You know, whatever Trump has done, it's going to be a part of history. We are seeing so many different things come out right now. And it's all because of the actions that this man's taking. And it's not going gonna, it's, it's gonna to last. You know, again, back to those G. Edward Griffin documentaries I was watching before the show. You know, he was talking about how this problem, this, this subversion of the West, this infiltration, the only time it's going to get dealt with is whenever it's all out there in the open. He's like, they, because they operate in the shadows because they, 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 they sneak around, they manipulate, they subvert and take, take stuff covertly. There's no way to effectively deal with the situation. But the only way it'll get dealt with is increasing internal security and whenever it actually gets brought out into the open. And whenever I was hearing G. Edward Griffin talk about this, you know, I couldn't help but think of, well, this is where we're at right now. They feel emboldened to do so because, well... Look into the history of Barack Obama, the fact that he's got ties to the weather underground, the fact that they installed him, the fact that they're calling for this new normal, that they have their ground troops, Antifa, and more, Black Lives Matter, Indivisible, and all these other, uh, uh, these, other, these other groups. They feel emboldened to do so. They think they have the power. And so as he's saying that this problem can only be dealt with once it's been brought to the surface, that's where we're at right now. Hate to use, you know, one of these terms that is out there, you know, in the in the mainstream media, but that's what they mean by draining the swamp. This is a problem that's been going on for almost fifty to sixty years, if not longer. That's why I tell you guys, I'm playing catch up to what's going on. This 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 corruption and this evil, this is not something that people should be growing up with. 
I've told you time and time again, I have zero faith in the system because of everything that we have talked about throughout the entirety of the show and the existence of the show. <laughs> you see? But that's what we're doing all this for. We shouldn't have this much of a monster ruling us from the shadows with us having no understanding as to what it is. But that's where we're at right now. It's being brought to the surface. It's being, and we are having a choice. Some people are, some people like myself, we're opposing this at every single level. And then you have some people that have been giving, given over to the spirit of delusion who have been told to resist and they're enabling this stuff versus people who have consciously chosen to serve the will of the adversary. And that's where we're at right now. These people don't want freedom. They want to offer you enslavement or better yet, they want to offer you security, which is, a, which is another form of enslavement. And so as I talk about them trying to kill Trump, these type of things going on and the type of world that that's going to create. The truth being brought out, Hillary Clinton having to testify, right? Barack Obama potentially going to jail. All uh, other, uh, just before coming onto the air, former Israeli prime ministers being named in Jeffrey Epstein's cases, right? All this stuff being brought to the surface, they're not going to let it sit there. They're going to have to have something crazy go off. That's if you ask me one of the reasons why we were having all these Black Lives Matter protests because they wanted to cover up Hillary Clinton's trial. Well, what do you think they're going to do to try to cover up all these truths that are coming out? People being arrested. People needing answers. It's like the minute that we're figuring out COVID-19 is a hoax, that we're sending like diseased, diseased patients into nursing homes, killing people. We're, uh, they say, oh, second wave. Racial, racial experts move on. What do you think they're going to do to cover up some of these truths, some of these exposés, some of these revelations. Are they going to kill Trump? I'm not sure. But it leads me to this. Operation Gotham Shield, the U.S. government to simulate a nuke blast over Manhattan. We've heard that talked about time and time again. You imagine them trying to set off a nuke to cover up for all this stuff? Cover up for all these crimes? Senators being arrested, politicians being named. This is three years old, this article. That's the crazy part. This thing is three years old. And I try to bring it up as frequently as I can because this is stuff that people need to think about. I'll put the link for it in the description bar below. It's over there at Zero Hedge. It says, something has aroused the interest of the American people. Perhaps one too many coincidentally useful events means government facilitators have jumped the shark. Which is perhaps why, after discovering Project Gotham Shield, SHTF plans Max Lavo warns a false flag watch is now active. A general alert is out for something major in the near or immediate future. Hopefully it is, ne hopefully it is just another false alarm instead of another false flag. Either way, danger is at hand. Given all that is going on in the world, it is downright eerie to discover that the federal government is once again staging mock disasters that draw disturbing parallels with current world events. In just a few days, during April 24th through April 26th, Operation Gotham Shield will commence in a tabletop joint exercise or joint agency exercise involving FEMA, Homeland Security, and a myriad of law enforcement and military agencies, WMD, chemical and, and biological units will all be on hand as a response is tested for a simulated nuclear detonation over the United States' foremost urban center. 
in the iconic and densely populated island of Manhattan and nearby shores of New Jersey. The potential for, more, for a more explosive false flag to spin out of control by hijacking and converting the simulated actions is all too real. This is closely related to the mechanism that many researchers believe was at work on the day of 9-11, nesting a false flag attack inside of a series of, of large-scale training operations which invoked emergency powers and simulated attacks in locations that were actually hit. According to the Voice of Reason, it says on April 18th through May 5th in 2017, state, local, and federal organizations alike are planning for Operation Gotham Shield 2017, a major nuclear, a major nuclear detonation drill in the New York, New, New York, New Jersey area along the U.S.-Canadian border. During this exercise, four nuclear devices, two of which are went, rendered safe, during the U.S. Department of Defense vital, vital Archer exercise and one successful 10K detonation in the New York, New Jersey area, along with one smaller detonation on the U.S.-Canadian border, are to take place. And then it lists some of the uh, agencies involved. you got the DOE, the DOD, the, DOD, the FBI, FEMA, uh, the Domestic Nuclear Detection Office, NORTHCOM, uh, New Jersey, New York, city and state, and all kinds of other stuff. It goes on to say that the following document comes from the Nevada National Security Service. Their primary role with government is to ensure the security of the United States and its allies by supporting the stewardship of nuclear deterrent, providing emergency response capability and training and contributing to key nonproliferation and arms control initiatives. Will anything catastrophic happen between or happen during or after that window of time? Will North Korea really attack the U.S. mainland? Will someone else do so and blame their overseas enemies? No one who knows the answers to the questions is willing to talk. For now, all we can do is watch, wait, and listen. And that's where we're at right now. Watching as these people are getting more and more whipped up into a frenzy, carrying out more and more crazy attacks. Think about this. They just got away with basically setting up an autonomous zone, tearing down statues, having shootings. How far off? They were, they were blowing up uh, ATMs small-time bombings during these George Floyd protests, organizing pallets of bricks to be distributed in organized protest, organized violence. I, I, I can't help but think that some type of shooting, some type of bombing, something that's got it, something crazy has to happen next. You see. Because that's how these people are. That's how... That's how criminals are. They want to be caught. They have to do more and more crazy things to get your attention. That's what's even more crazy. Like terrorists, I thought we weren't supposed to give these people airtime. But now that they have airtime, they're, con they're conducting more and more crazy acts, more and more dangerous things. And what you have to understand is some of these people aren't even doing it for themselves. They're doing it for their foreign controllers, for foreign enemies. You see, which leads me to my next and final article for this segment and the show. Another false flag. China plans a Pearl Harbor type EMP attack on the, U on the U.S. This actually came up going into the weekend, but I didn't post it because I didn't want to fear monger people. I didn't want to scare them. But putting it in this context now to where we've talked about Communist Party officials, uh, foreign agents operating domestically, foreign interests, uh, using domestic people to operate here, smuggling in materials. You know, I could talk to you guys about 
about Antifa working with the cartel and ISIS, you know, how they're getting into gun running and human smuggling and stuff like that. Uh, but people aren't ready for those type of conversations. And so when I say that there are Communist Party officials here in America working to take it down, it, it, it couldn't be any far from the truth. And so them planning a EMP attack to knock out our grid that allows for them to organize all kinds of stuff. I mean, think about this with Dr. Charles Lieber. He was one of the main people at the center or at the center of the coronavirus scandal who had ties to the communist party of China. He got caught smuggling biological materials. You see, and if you don't think that China's trying to figure out a way to either smuggle in materials or set off some type of nuke or something like that. We're in a trade war right now. And it's all about the Benjamins. You see, that's why they want control. And when I tell you that we have people here in the country that are that, that have seething hatred for everything Americana, this is the type of stuff that they would love to see carry on, even if it means sacrificing themselves. This is the level of derangement that we're under. And I talked about this week. The traders that think they're going to get away with this are going to be the first ones lined up and shot because nobody does work with traders. If you're willing to sell out your own country, there's no way you're going to be a part of the incoming regime. Let me get into this article. We put this up June 23rd. It's by Max Lavo over there at SHTF Plan. It says, could we be seeing the making of yet another false flag or psychological operation? The mainstream media knows what they are doing when they use words like Pearl Harbor type attack. A recent claim by Dr. Peter Pry, expert from the EMP Task Force on Homeland and National Security, claims that China is going to use an EMP, an electric magnetic pulse, to attack the United States. Pry claims there's a serious possibility of China plotting a surprise EMP attack on the United States. Of course, this is based on mainstream fear-mongering, but is there any truth to that fear? There is, considering the language used by mainstream media. The key word from the report is that China is planning a a Pearl Harbor type attack. As Josh Sigurdsson put it, the attack on Pearl Harbor was allowed to happen to provide order out of chaos. Just as the United States has been working with China hand in hand for years under the guise of competition. So how much of this so-called, quote, attack would be part of the overall New World Order plan? Maybe more than any of us would like to admit. The global community has been working hard for a very long time to prop up China as a global order and a surveillance state. It's the perfect guinea pig state for complete control over the masses. It's easy to blame China, and they aren't innocent as a domineering totalitarian state. But this could be part of the plan to destroy and maybe even eliminate some people in the U.S. An EMP attack would take down the grid, meaning there would be no electricity at your home. You wouldn't have access to Wi-Fi, and and unless you pay cash, you won't be able to buy any goods. Whether this is a false flag or not, it's it's best to already be prepared. Most people will not be, and after a week, when people get hungry, they will get desperate. If you're prepared and stocked up on food, you won't have an issue. If you are self-reliant and capable of producing your own food, you won't have an issue. Personally, and this is the author saying this, personally, I have been stocked up on coconut and olive oils. Both are good for you and packed with heavy fats and calories. Even if you were low on food, a spoonful of two or a spoonful of two of coconut oil will keep you going. Sure, it won't be fun, but it'll do the trick. You could also barter with these oils, put them in smaller containers and trade them if need be. Since neither of these oils need to be refrigerated, they better they beat stocking up on things like butter. 
Both can be used to cook meat in as well, or to be put over foraged plants. Speaking of foraging, it's important to know that at least some of the edible plants in your area, in addition to high quality food, in addition to high quality foods, make sure you can forage. There are books out there where you can look into this, uh, and that you're capable of hunting for your own meat. These lost survival skills will come in handy in the event that the grocery store is closed in the attack or in the aftermath of an EMP attack. So from storable goods to olive oil and coconut oil, to learning to forage, to learning to hunt, we were having to rediscover things that I think a lot of people thought were behind us. We've been so domesticated, disenfranchised, and removed from, the na- from, from nature and reality that we're having to have hard talks. We're having to have uncomfortable truths, uncomfortable moments about what the future lies for us. And it's because we've all been passive. It's because we've allowed for this chaos to take place. We, this is that autonomous society. This is that automated living, that domestication, where we don't know where our food comes from, where we found out just this year that 80% of our pharmaceuticals come from China, that a fair amount of our food manufacturing and production also takes place from Chinese-owned companies. So would they destroy us? Would they release an EMP attack? It would be the most easiest way to disable the grid, knock out people, save the land, save the country, because in the attack of, in the event of a military invasion or some type of occupation, you don't want to destroy the land that you're operating on. You just want to be able to disable the grid, the power grid, the communications grid, be able to control the people, round them up if need be, and exterminate them. You don't want to destroy the earth. God's not making any more land. God's going to make more people if you allow it. You, you, you get my logic here? This is the Communist Party. This is globalism. This is the technocracy. This is the corporatocracy. This is why we fight these things. This is why we're here, having to retroactively understand the importance of the work that we do in these times. And that's why things are getting crazy. And that's why we can't put the genie back in the bottle. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Cultural Revolution, Virus Views, and Preemptive Warnings. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. I know, as always, we go over a lot of different content and a lot of different ways to give you that deep view as to what's really going on. If you guys have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. And like I said, guys, I'll be I'll be taking a break next week uh, just to detach because it's necessary. But like I said, if you guys have any questions, you want to reach out to me, you want to try to get a hold of me, you can do so by finding the information in the description bar below. And like I said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into this edition. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. And remember, guys and gals, stay vigilant, expose lies, and share truth. This is Noisera, Freedom Faction, out. <laughs>